Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Too Obscure for TV podcast, where we try and find some... I don't even know anymore. Some hard-to-find movies, weird movies, cult movies, and watch them, talk about them. David, what what the hell are we watching this week? Well, it certainly marks all three checkboxes there. Um, this week, you, you gave me... Dean and I have a shared interest in wrestling, um... I think we've both dabbled in it at certain points is is probably our, our don't, level. Don't make it sound gay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, <laughs> Listen, we'll get into that later in the episode when we go over the characters, but... Yeah. Uh, our, our fandom is fair weather, I think. We, we like, you know, professional wrestling, AEW, WWE, ECW. We understand the art. Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, we kind of touched on that this week. Continuing on with these YouTube movies... Um, last time, as everybody knows, we watched Thacko, which was an interesting little 40-minute shindig. Um, mm-hmm. It's much more enjoyable in, in memory, I think. But this time, we're watching something full-length. Full full 90-minute feature, yeah. It's a mockumentary. Yep, has its own of, style. Kind of. Kind of. We're watching Kayfabe. The... What is it? It's a real fake movie about a fake sport. I think is the full title or whatever. And uh, you know, don't overcomplicate. You confuse people. Listen, what? What? Listen. When the movie opens with a bibliography of definition terms, you know you try not to confuse the common man. Gotcha. Gotcha. And yeah. So like, what? What this movie is is it's, it's a, a mockumentary made by I assume real amateur wrestlers. Yes. I mean, yes. The, they did their own move, so I'll give them that. Yeah. Everybody in the film. Okay. So almost everyone in the film is a is or was at the time of the film an actual professional wrestler, an amateur wrestler, right. um, that they just taught how to act or whatever. But um, the lead actor in the film, uh, who plays the Rocket, he's uh, he was an actual professional wrestler and also a lawyer. I'm sorry, you said taught them how to act. You don't think wrestling qualifies as real? Taught them how to act without without doing moonsaults. I'll put it like that. What happens when you forget, you know, the soliloquy in Shakespeare? You do a moonsault, you know, and then an arm drag. Yeah, if if Shakespeare once had, like, blue jokes to entertain the poor people. Which is honestly kind of ironic now that you think about the fact that Shakespeare was once the poor man's entertainment. Well, well, first of all, there's a lot of dick jokes in Shakespeare. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot. And now the poor man's entertainment is professional wrestling. More you know. It all comes full circle. Vincent Kennedy McMahon is is the 20th century Shakespeare. But besides besides my tinfoil hat theories. Yeah, um, I guess to break into it. Break into the biz. A mockumentary, it opens, like we said, on this scene with, like, all the definition terms you'll need to know from when they reference them multiple times in the movie, even though I feel like really to be, to understand wrestling, you don't necessarily need to know the terms. I think I feel like in context, you'll pick, on, pick up on what they are. Well, I think that just goes with the stereotype of pro wrestling movies where 
screenwriters or people making them just assume that the audience watching it doesn't know the the game, right? Yeah, but I'll criticize the point with this, or two points really. Boxing movies don't have this. No. And it might be also be because again, boxing being more mainstream, it's also simpler. Um, it, it's the the other thing is more simple. I should say. Um, wrestling has a much more unique um, background because it came from like like carnivals and carny games. So there's a kind of a weird language in yeah. it. If you're if you're in the old school, I mean, aside from because I don't I I'm. I'm tired of this argument so i'm not gonna go over the whole whether it's real or not thing listen yeah. it's it, it's yes it's community theater we get it yeah i think i think more what i would say is like the rules of it all are just more convoluted so that's probably why these terms come up because there's there's like pageantry and, and unwritten rules and all these things it, it's the thing where much of wrestling's lore and inner workings come from decades of tradition versus practicality yeah and as a result then the slang comes out of it but i think what really point to another point in media where they have to end up pointing out like vocabulary words mm-hmm. is like whenever you get into a, a procedural show oh and, yeah. and then they have those moments where or even that this happens in like thrillers sometimes if it's like more of a dwayne the rock johnson type thriller so I guess an action movie is what I'm really going for. Okay, okay. Um, is like those moments when all the characters are standing around and they're like, whoa, schizophrenia, what's that? And then I like the, all the scientists are going like, well, paranoid schizophrenia is actually, and then the other scientist just jumps on the line from there. Another one jumps on the line and they kind of go in that circle. It's like, the big exposition. We're just telling the audience the in the mind explanation. I yeah. think that's what it reminds me of, and I think those are so like talking down to the audience. It's well, it is talking down to the audience. Well, okay, I can understand in like action movies where it's like, okay, we're gonna explain this simple concept for the cheap seats, but in in a wrestling movie, it, it's granted. Like, I how long have you watched wrestling? Um, I probably first. I mean, obviously, it's on all the time when you're a kid. I was never a fan of it when I was a kid. Mm. It took until, like, college for me to actually, like... Finally break down it. and get into wrestling. Um, and then I had a, a few years where I was, like, really into it. Like, mm-hmm. I watched the shows back when WWE was really pretty much the only cable wrestling that was on. Mm-hmm. Um, there were others, but they were not... The, the, in terms of quality, it was yeah. questionable. Um, and then I would say I probably put it down... Because, again, if you're a wrestling fan, you know that WWE's quality of programming is questionable. Is questionable at times. I was in, I I guess, from there, had probably a year or two just being into NXT, um, which is a very quality wrestling production. Mm. Um, And then when AEW came on, which is the one that's on TNT now, that's their main competition, definitely main competition now. I watched like when it first came out and then after a while it was just like this is a lot to keep up with. Yeah. Because I think that that's really what it is it just gets up WWE especially was so much to keep up with. It's so much content which which is, is true. It, um, it, it, it'll keep you entertained it's just that seven hours of wrestling a week on like a pay-per-view week was exhausting. Yeah and this is coming from guys who watch two like 
three films in a row in a day. Well, yeah, actually, this is probably be one of the blames for why I, for a few years, just didn't watch as many movies is because I was trying to keep up with like that programming. So I mean it when I said like I, I was like, I tried to treat it as like my soap operas. This is what I watched to like decompress and get into it because the payoff of some of that content is so good. Yeah. You know, and that's all of what, I guess to tie it back into the whole theme of what this movie is, is like wrestling can be very rewarding as an audience member as well as a performer. It's just that you have to get through a lot of crap sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember, because I, when I was younger, I was, like, really into wrestling until I was, like, um, 11, 12, something like that. Like, when I got into middle school, I got, I just kind of, like, got out of it. And I was out of, like, watching wrestling for, like, 10 years. And, like, I got into, like, college, and then I met my girlfriend, and my girlfriend is very into wrestling. Like, it is her... Like, so, you know how everybody has that weird, nerdy thing they're into? That is, like, you know, some people are just basically normal, but they're really into comic books. Basically normal, but they're really into, like, magic cards. She's basically normal, but really into pro wrestling. Interesting. And I, you know, we were like, oh, you're into this? Like, oh, cool. So I went back and watched it, and I just kind of, like, went headlong back into watching wrestling, because it was, like kind of nostalgic it's and it was good it's something you guys should do yeah, yeah it's something for us to do and that, that's the other thing too is like watching something with friends is uh, it's a hoot it's, it's a, a, a hoot a yeah. hoot as it were I don't know I was about to call it a riot but I, I was like that doesn't sound right either you know um, but yeah it's it's fun to, it's a fun communal experience and oh, I yeah. think that's the other the other half of why it can be so rewarding is that you don't really get that out of a lot of like sports um, it can be communal but not as communal as professional wrestling can be it yeah it's one of those things where i watch football football's fun you can get your friends over but it's like unless everybody's there and they're in on one or the other team then it's kind of just you're just sitting there watching a game i do think that there's less division in it because i think being uh buying into it is the key term here because you're you're everybody who's there watching it is bought into it oh, because yeah. they, they know it's not real. You know, there are a few, uh, what the movie defines again as marks as they'll have to point out to you. Which, which are um, fans or people who They're like, well, are really bought into the, yeah, to the pageant. Yeah, uh, I would say the game. marks are really the the people who are, the, the, the people who think it's real. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know because, look, no, here is the, um, I'm going to blow everyone's mind right now. Everybody, since the dawn of professional wrestling, has been in on on the game that it's not, like, like the outcomes are fixed. Everybody's known. They, you know when the first book that revealed, like, the falseness of professional wrestling was published? 1927. Like, people have known for, like, almost 100 years, and people still bought into it. The 50s, the 60s, the 70s, 80s were huge for pro wrestling and it wasn't yeah. because oh it's real whoa 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 because you know you buy into that when you're like 12 but when you're like 22 and you're like yeah no like it obviously you know they're not actually trying to kill each other it's just it's impressive for some of the stunts you're in it for the story it's you know community theater soap opera it's, it's just fun yeah it's it's fantasy it's just drama that's all it is it's like it's like questioning any movie that we've watched on the podcast and thinking that you know it, 
well, Die Hard's not a documentary. Die Hard's not real. Like, yeah, it so doesn't why, have to be real. Well, yeah, it's it, doesn't, it doesn't so much matter that it's not real. It's just like when you buy into the imagination of it for a little bit and you get into it, you get this like unspoken kind of, it's not f- physical is probably not the word I'm looking for, but it, it's like this involuntary enthusiasm that gets you going where you forget that it's not real. And, you, and it's just play. That's all I guess I'm trying to get around to. And yeah. What's what's so wrong with wanting to feel playful with in a room full of adults? <laughs> Which, <laughs> you're just trying to make this oddly sexual. Okay, but I mean, so does the movie. But yeah. Well, okay, so there's our little tirade on professional wrestling. Yeah. We where we're coming from it, because we both of us have a respect for it. We respect you know professional wrestling. We think it's fun, it's cool. We're you know, we're we're in we're in the, the game. We're completely bought in. And then the movie Kayfabe, which is, it's a mockumentary style movie that sometimes forgets it's a mockumentary. Yeah, I pointed this out to Dean while we were watching it, in that with a mockumentary, obviously some of the ones we can point to as like the legendary pieces, there's the entire show and most of NBC's now back catalog of The Office, Parks and Rec and all that. Yeah. You know, and then there's obviously Spinal Tap. Which is the standard for which all mockumentary films will be judged by. Yeah, I feel like there's a couple more. The, the Borat films and, and a lot of what Sasha Baron Cohen's uh, career has been made off of. Yeah. Oh, sorry, everyone. Uh, we have a guest on the podcast. It is the dog that David has at the apartment right now. It's a Cooper, right? Yeah. Oh, he's adorable. I, so, don't, I don't really know what he wants right now. <laughs> he's normally pretty good about explaining what... Okay. There you go. He wanted an app. But yeah, so there's a lot of... There is a lot of mockumentary stuff now. But this movie came out in 2008, right? I think seven. 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 So what what mockumentary stuff was out then? Because was were mockumentaries that popular back then? Uh, well, I mean, you know, if, if we're going over what we just listed, Spinal Tap has already been... Spinal Tap was already out, and that had to say Davis, that was... The mm-hmm. Office, I believe, was on TV already for maybe a year or two. Okay, okay, so um, I, I can understand why they would do that. Then also, for those who don't know, the mockumentary style, if you're trying to make a narrative film, it's really easy to get away with the low budget. Yeah, that, that's another thing I would say. Um, yeah, or another thing we could point out too, for step of this, so this show is technically a mockumentary because it's a documentary about a movie. It's like, it's like a, it's, it's like a pseudo mockumentary, but you know, you, if you've, if you've seen the show and, and if you've gotten a hold of that film, which first of all, I would say, congratulations, you're one of a few. Um, but for a necessary death, it was certainly a part of it that yes. helped it in certain ways for this one. Like I, like I said, I was pointing out to Dean, it's like there are moments in the movie where it's like they have the interview sequences, all the wrestling matches are like, yeah, in a documentary they would show just the raw footage of the of matches. The match, yeah. so I'll make a note about that later. I mean, yeah. there are just certain scenes where it's like, I don't, I can't get into the fact that like the cameras would be so perfectly positioned or so close to people. Like, for example, there's a sequence later in the film in like the middle where they have a, a wrestling show at a 
like a Christian high school. Yeah, it's I like a church or something. And there's a, there's a shot where the priest who's pissed off at what they did in, in the show walks to the locker room and it's the camera's like inches from his face. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but if that was if that was at Real. least me or and I know I'm no I'm no saint and nothing close to a priest, but I'd be pushing the camera away. And and if then if they did that, it's like, okay, great, we're all back to documentary. It's I get it. The cameras aren't supposed to be there. But it just it stays on him in like this composed shot, and I was like, they're not gonna, I you know. I, I I get what you mean. There are some shots and things in here that break the illusion of the gimmick they're going for, which is a thing that I believe a lot of mockumentaries nowadays, or mockumentaries done on a non, I I guess professional level sounds pretentious as sin, but like on a student film level there's things that break the immersion that just make it not work well. Yeah, or like, the, I would even say too, like, Parks and Rec especially is kind of guilty of this, where it's like the mockumentary thing was really only there because of The Office. You could still do, you could do that whole show without it being a mockumentary. Honestly, just, I think it stopped being a mockumentary like halfway through. Parks and Rec? Well, okay, because I, cause I marathoned all of Parks and Rec during quarantine because hashtag COVID and nothing to do. Yeah. But I watched the first season and it was very office-y. Like, first yeah. two were very office And then, like, seasons three, four, so on and so forth. It stopped, gets really polished. It really polished and it stopped feeling like an office mockumentary ripoff yeah. kind of show. Where it... it no, it kind of it almost dropped the gimmick. It kept the gimmick because it, yeah. that was the premise of the show, but it kind of dropped it about halfway through. It just stops. It, 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 there's a point where it like stops acknowledging it. Yeah. Which again, you know, it's an NBC show. Can't really criticize it because it's also one of the most popular shows ever there. But you know, it, it's like I think there's a there's a really good example in a Netflix show that has come out recently, within the past few years. I mean. And I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's basically the show's premise is that it's a mockumentary about, um, they go around to high schools and like these like teenage investigators, they like investigate these school pranks that went way. Oh, American Vandal? That's what it is. American American Vandal Vandal is awesome. And I feel like an idiot because I watched the first season and I got pretty far in before I realized it was it was bullshit. Which is interesting. Which is because I, I'm dumb. And, and this is more of like a personal debate. I didn't really like the first season of that show because I, I thought the prank itself was kind of like, eh. Mm-hmm. But the second season, I thought it was real. Because even though I, at that point, I think I knew that the show was fake. Yeah. But I thought it was real because I initially saw the prank on social media. So, like, the, the prank in that second season, for those who, and again, I recommend this to anybody, go watch the show. Yeah, American Vandal is, was actually one of the best things that Netflix had put out in a long yeah. time. I really enjoyed it. It really goes to show that, that, that uh, as a side note, Netflix, their back catalog of shows, like, the major stuff is good. Like, Queen's Gambit, I know, is the rage of the town right now. Mm-hmm. It's apparently fantastic. 
but like they're they they have some sleeper stuff that they just kind of slide in without promoting that because I don't think American Vandal really ever oh, got no. that. Oh no, I got that on accident. Yeah, and it's like you really goes to show you streaming can reward you in that way. <laughs> so this 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 second season of the show is all about um, the turd burglar. Yeah, yeah, and and where he like had had put laxatives in the lemonade in the school cafeteria that day, mm-hmm. and it turns into like the whole school shits their pants. Like all over the school, yeah. Because it takes a little bit for the laxatives to kick in or something. Yeah, and then like it's during lunch, so everybody had the school's like lemonade because it was you know a special event thing, so everybody got it. Yeah, or it's like you know it's like in every, any cafeteria, there's always that special item that everybody waits for in this school. It's lemonade. So and but I'd seen, I'd seen it on like Vine or Twitter or something as just like the 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 B roll footage of the prank from like security cameras and stuff, and I was like, I thought it was real. <laughs> Because they actually do a good job of making it seem real in the B-roll. Yeah. So then when I go and see it on the show, I'm like, wait, are they are they trying to parody a real event see, on okay. the show? That was my thing for the first season. Because it was a whole thing where, oh, somebody spray-painted dicks on a bunch of the teacher's car at their high school or whatever. Yeah. And it was like, who drew the dicks? That was the, the meme of the show. But the opening stuff, I was looking at it and I'm like, wait a minute. I kind of vaguely remember somebody doing that a couple of years ago. That's why I bought into it because I'm like, this sounds familiar. I have no idea if they're based on like real pranks anywhere and they're just overly exaggerated. Yeah. But it, that that was the thing. Again, I'm but I'm also kind of dumb. I yeah, bought into no, it for I, like an episode or two. I do but think yeah. that because what probably happened is that they they did that inadvertently on social media to get noobs like me to watch the show and then further buy into it because I was like, oh, they're doing like, what in all reality, what it was is that probably just had some genius viral marketing. Oh yeah, probably. But, you know, this is, this is at least an example of one instance where mockumentary can really benefit you if you acknowledge it. You know, it's almost as if you're rewarded whenever you try and like believe in your concept. Yeah, whereas back to the movie, we're, we're going to get on a lot of tangents on kayfabe yeah. because this is, this is interesting. So, on our show so far, we have had a pretty good spectrum of films for Too Obscure. We've had the um, very obscure feature-length festival film with um, Necessary Death, the feature-length, low-budget, not-taking-it-seriously festival film, cult in classic. the cult classic, in Freak Out. We've had the ultra-low-budget fan film YouTube movie, which is Thacko, and this is kind of a mix of all of them, because it's a it's a cult YouTube festival movie, and it's just, it's very weird because you seem to feel like it fell flat for you when we were talking about it beforehand, and I think it still works in a lot of places. Yes and no, because I, I think it's like, so as far as like, to, to kind of go over each perspective in it, the, the fan love letter thing, that being mirrored in Thacko, I think works. I think there are certain things about this that that are, it's like they tried to water it down for a regular fan where I'm like, just, you know, just go, just go for it because it's 2007. So I guess wrestling was still kind of basic at this point. Um, uh, it's certainly, I mean, we're out of the attitude era. We're into like, I guess it's like the aggression at that point. John Cena's around. Yeah. It's r- ruthless aggression bordering on PG era. Uh, it'll be happening in another two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it, at this point, it's still fairly basic. What they like, it's the same uh, for years. What they've done, I guess, is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Ever since really like nineteen ninety three, they've done the same thing, 
And nowadays it's gotten a lot more convoluted, complicated. It's all over the world. It's, it's way more athletic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's probably the biggest development, which, you know, I know there's a, oh, what's his face that really hates um, New Japan and AEW um, high flying wrestlers. Jim Cornette? Yeah, Jim Cornette's somewhere screaming into a microphone about how that's a problem. Goddamn kids are exposing the business. But that's a, I'm honestly the best part about wrestling nowadays is it's an athletic feat, what they can do. Yeah. Like, that's um, a lot of reasons why certain people I know watch wrestling, and it's not for the storylines. It's. They said it's almost like a stuntman exhibition to an extent. You know, it's yeah. it's just a you know showcasing of what you can do if you're just ultra athletic. Yeah, and like I guess rounding it back to the point is that I think there's certain things that at this point in wrestling they couldn't really do because the it, business itself hadn't have gotten that point. Yeah, it's not there yet. And then there's also certain things that they certainly could have done at this time that I thought okay, maybe it's just too adult of a joke. Mm-hmm. Because there's certain things like the the bad, the locker room hijinks. Mm. They, I mean, there's extensive and multiple locker room scenes in this movie where not one prank is played. Yes, which is the biggest thing that every wrestler you will find on YouTube who talks about, you know, oh, their days on the road, it's all the bullshit they play in each other. Yeah. You know, because that's a fun thing if you, you know, don't know anything about wrestling is... A lot of times, if your job is a, a professional wrestler, you spend a lot of time together on the road, in hotels, traveling to venues, or what have you, and you're a bunch of dudes who have nothing to do. Yeah, you're going to play pranks on each other. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to shit like in each other's gym's bag and try and, you know, hide it somewhere. The Randy yeah. Orton story. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, there's certain things like that that, that they should for some reason didn't, didn't reference and maybe it's also because it's technically set in an amateur wrestling house so mm-hmm. maybe too it's like the cast characters are too small they all like each other too much it's also a thing where they're not it's not a thing where they're hanging out in hotel rooms every other weekend or they're wrestling seven days a night they're more or less in a general like three city kind of deal where yeah it's just them. events every yeah. couple of weeks and yeah uh, so the, but I guess it's like a few things I would have liked to see out of the, that, I guess, for final finalize the comparison to Thacko, is I would have liked to see more pranks, because I know that's something that definitely happens. Mm-hmm. The road trip aspect, maybe even, because they, they do technically travel different locations. Road trips are always a part of the wrestlers' stories on the road. Um, and then one one I was sitting there thinking about, and I was like, wow, they, I'm really surprised this was never talked about, are like specifically having to do with like payment. I feel like that even though, again, amateur wrestling, I know they're probably not getting paid tons of money. I mean, they make a point in the movie saying most of them don't do it for money. They do it because they love to entertain people, the sport, and all that stuff. Yeah, but then it's like only one of them is kind of referenced as having a day job, which that moment I pointed out, the... He, he's running in the specific moment. It's kind of the main character. Yeah, yeah, uh, Randy the Rocket. Yeah, and he... He's wearing like a jumpsuit, but like the zipper's open, so it's not like a. It, it can't be any place where the jumpsuit is like required for the job. It yeah, it's not like he's not working like a machine shop. Yeah, and then he's also carrying a bunch of like fragments of cardboard boxes that have been torn. But it, from the way he's carrying them, I, I would assume it'd be like you're breaking down boxes in the back. Mm. But then he has soot all over himself. So I'm like, does he work in like 
a coal mine that doubles as like <laughs> or a, a, or a, a garbage dump or yeah, something. like is it also a rusty spoon because he's breaking down boxes? In the, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think well, that's the thing where the movie is obviously trying to just um, give you shorthand as this guy has a blue collar job and is also a, a wrestler. And, you know, oh, he is doing this because this is his ending. It's a relatability thing, which is kind of weird if you actually know blue-collar jobs. And you're like, I don't... That's like three of them in one. So this is actually a good segue into the whole mockumentary thing again. Is like, if, if the one thing I think about this movie that really hurts it is that you don't really... There's good character conflict in that, like, the... It's not really conflict, because it's not, like, a dramatic film. It's a comedy, you know? It, yeah, no, this is through and through a, a comedy. No it, one's It's more like the, the characters have good, fair storylines. All of them... And this is one way that, again, on the other side of the sword, the movie benefited itself from being kind of oversimple in that you're never confused watching the movie. You never get lost. Everything has a setup, payoff. It's, it's always going to be there. Yeah. Um... It's just that then, if it's a monumentary, in my mind, you would go around to each character, get a little bit more of their backstory, the motivation. I, that's what I guess I mean. It's like, I, I want more character motivation out of each one of them. Because, like, he, he, there's, a, there's a wide cast of these characters. So it's like, yeah. I, I would like to know. It's like, okay, what draws them all to this place with each other? What do they get? Because obviously, being a wrestler in my mind, it's like you're getting away from your your regular life. It's a you're kind of playing this like Superman fantasy and wanting to be a wrestler. Show me a little bit like what you're trying to get away from. Well, I think it's the issue where the movie is because the movie is obviously a love letter to like the independent wrestler guys, yeah. the people who, you know, grind. You know, oh. they're grind their lives it's away the hustle. yeah it's the hustle this is a love letter to the people who have to hustle to make you know wrestling and the thing is with all the characters that we see i feel like they're just supposed to be shorthand of hey if you know independent wrestling you know the business you know that oh this guy's in every locker room the guy that blades himself every match because he only has two moves and he's like, oh, I'll get a pop if I start bleeding. Or the guy who is the old weathered veteran who used to be huge in the 70s and 80s, but he's like, can't do anything anymore. So he just runs the promotion and he like drinks all the time and smokes. Or the guy who is like, I was on national television for six weeks, but granted no one saw my face because I was a masked wrestler who got beat up every night and didn't have any lines but i was on tv who you know has that inflated ego yeah they're all the characters are generally shorthands the only person i think we get much of detail about is our main character kind of and it's even then it's like not that much because i like aside from okay he he's at his job at one point um he puts the fans over his, or the fans enjoyment over his own yeah, we, we get we get that motivation about him, but then it's like the backstory doesn't back up the motivation. So I guess in my mind is I would be sitting there like, okay, he... Uh, I, the best way to explain this point, I think, is what I think those characters' backstories would be. Mm-hmm. So Randy, I think Randy would be like, he's a dad 
So he likes putting over the fans because it reminds him of entertaining his kid who then he works the warehouse job for because his he had it with his wife and they were teens and then you know they, they live separate. So he works this job and then the kid gets to come see him as a superhero. That's a good character backstory that builds yeah. up the motivation. <laughs> which doesn't exist in this movie. Which, you know, it's a comedy, and that's, I know that's a little bit more dramatic, but it's like, you could have, you're so fun with a dramatic story. It's not the point. I get what or, you mean. I, I feel like that would be a different story, though. A little bit, but it, I think that's the point of the mockumentary, is it's not then specifically about him. It's just one aspect of the story mm-hmm. that helps add it up. That also then would kind of pay into the, play into the whole payoff of when... Because his whole thing throughout the movie is that he keeps uh, one of the characters on the chain because he's the heel. Randy's the heel character, and opposite of him is uh, Stephen Justice. I Steve think. Justice, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, he is uh, supposed to be the baby-faced hero for the for this small town, but he is actually a, a kind of a dick. And the yeah. Randy the Rocket, he's actually a good guy in real life, but they play opposites in the ring, and it's a whole whole thing. Yeah, and that, like the the payoff to the story, I think would have another layer of like, ah, that makes sense because then maybe he could connect to the reason he would give the fans what they want back to his kid. It's like, it could be something where his kid looks up to Stephen Justice too and he doesn't want to break his kid's heart and it, maybe it also reminds him of his the way his kid looks into the sport and needs that kind of, the good guy needs to win thing. It's, that's something he wants to give to his friend Stephen. You know, it just adds to the layer of the motivation. And I, I always say... In maybe like a few instances where the the rule doesn't really work, layering your motivation as much as possible with like reasons why, as long as it works, is always a good thing, because it it just makes the moment a little bit more impactful with each layer of that motivation. Now to reiterate, none of that is in the movie. Dave is just shooting from the hip on this. Yeah, one. you know, it's the kind of thing we do sometimes on the show where it's like we try and sit here and like theory craft stuff in the movie yeah we'll fix it and like i mean my biggest thing about this movie is we see all basically almost full matches right for some scenes in here yeah i I would say there's the three sequences where they have the events it's basically just watching the wrestling show they kind of cut down the matches and they're quick house show matches but you're pretty much watching watching the show yeah and my thinking there is I could definitely see them trimming some of that because there's a little bit of fat to this movie here. And if they added a little bit more of a subplot there like that, I think it would have benefited the movie. Yeah. Because there's also another issue here in the film because I believe it lacks an antagonist. Because, granted, Justice is... He's a, he's a, he's a douchebag. He's kind of a dick, but he's not against the protagonist in any way. He's not, like, trying to oh, I'm going to tear down the wrestling organization so I can come out on top and use that to propel my career. He's more like, yeah, I'm just kind of, I just want to be the champion, but I'm not going to do anything underhanded to do it. Yeah, you know, I think, too, that the mockumentary thing maybe is the reason they didn't make of an antagonist. I, I certainly think it would be then another layer that you, if you added it on, it would not hurt it, in fact, probably help it, mm. such as... Maybe the whoever the person foreclosing upon their building, which is the big problem in the movie, is that the it within the next three shows they're going to be done because the the next payment on the lease or whatever is up. Yeah, because they're leasing out a building that they run all their shows out of, and they're like, "Hey, we don't make a lot of money doing local house shows in like church parking lots, so 
we're going to have to close down soon. And it, it would have been interesting. Like, okay, that would have been interesting if the church at the beginning, because their first show is at this local, like, church chapel thing, which is pretty realistic to certain areas of the country that run local independent wrestling shows. You're wrestling in, like, county fairs, in, like, you know, churches or gymnasiums, stuff like that. And it would have been interesting if, oh, maybe the church owned their building and they had a new pastor who has to run everything and he hates wrestling. So he's like, oh, I'm foreclosing on you guys. And then you have a clear antagonist. Yeah. And the whole thing of the movie is them trying to show the the church or the preacher that yo it's not wrestling isn't actually that evil it's not homoerotic it's not you know satanic it's just it's supposed to be fun we're entertaining kids yeah that's actually not a bad idea because then well again it kind of would put it like to your point might change the story a little bit it it would no like everything we're saying at this point would change the story dramatically but it would at least give it a lens for which to analyze wrestling through because that's like probably the one way in which the the whole documentary things hurt is it's kind of just a documentary about amateur wrestling in general it's not about what it's not like a documentary about why we want to analyze amateur wrestling you know and it's like like when you watch a documentary normally there's there's the subject, but also the reason that you're going over the subject. Mm. Maybe one that might everybody probably knows famously is like Blackfish, for example, is all about how, you know, the whales at SeaWorld or whatever are kept in captivity. But then there's also a reason in that there has been some recent deaths that showcase, yeah, we are really keeping these whales in captivity and they're starting to kill their instructors and it's like, there's then it's like there's there's two folds to that equation i guess is what i mean mm. um so yeah I, I agree with that and you know the character thing real quick too because there are some great characters in this there uh, are some fun characters i think everyone in this movie is a fun character yeah because like the two you listed off first uh al and then the the hard hardcore wannabe um uh, lucky yeah like those are two good characters because they have they have they're specific yeah you know they, they have their quirks they have they're acted well i think because mm-hmm. the hardcore guy is really bought into making you know being into the whole um blood fetish kind of thing yeah um for those who are not into gory wrestling like some degenerates like myself um in certain wrestling promotions it's very um incentivized to like blade yourself or do something like that in others it's not really but there's some wrestlers who specialize in cutting themselves and bleeding to get a pop from the crowd because you know we're all caffeine induced monkeys that get really excited when we see red so you bleed get a big cheer and this lucky guy he has two moves he has a chop and he has bleeding and that's his entire move set which, you know, it's for comedy. But yeah. I, I like performance. I mean, obviously, there's there's aspects of wrestling that go too over the top, such as Japanese hardcore wrestling often. Have you ever seen the death matches where they have the C4 and the and the barbed wire? And, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. For, for everybody who thinks Americans are a bunch of gore-hounded, violent, you know, monsters. Yeah, go to you Japan. Don't, you don't even know. Go watch some Japanese hardcore wrestling. Or, you don't I would even say know. no. Japanese regular wrestling... It's stiff. It's real stiff. 
it's it's it stops being about showmanships. It's just it's turning into like UFC, but with like less rules. Yeah. But you know, besides the point. Al, that's a character that I want to go over. Yes. Your he, favorite character. Yeah, I would say he's the best, partially because the actor does a good good job, I think. I know that these are not like trained actors by any stretch. I think a few, one or two of them are. Yeah, and it's like I'm not gonna count it against the whole movie for them not hiring legit indie actors. No, I mean that's not the point of the film. They they wanted independent wrestlers to act, not actors to wrestle. But I do think that the guy they put a wig on him, you know, he's he's probably really? That's his real hair? Well, Al Okay, so Al plays two roles. He plays Al and Macho Pain. Uh the blonde hair on Macho Pain, that's his real hair. To really? my understanding. Yeah, the long blonde like like wrestling hair. Yeah, that apparently I think that's his real hair. The gray yeah. is not. So like the, but for yeah, exactly that's what I meant is that's the wig. Yes, I think the gray is the wig. Yeah, so I think in that sense yeah, you get on you get on the nose that that character is fake. But he does such a good job acting it and honestly the announcer character cuz I, I didn't notice that they were the same guy. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and this kind of then maybe even proves the point that he did a good job in both parts. But when, you know, acting is about making decisions at the end of the day. That's, yeah. that's what makes good acting. Making your decisions and committing to them. Yeah, so that's what he does, is he just commits to these these ways he's going to do the, the parts. And I think it ends up making for better characters on top of a good acting job. But conversely, I do think that's, I brought this up. It's kind of a thing that happens in, in mockumentaries, mm. more amateur ones, where the character the whole time is like nodding their head oh, while they're talking. Yeah, we that was something you brought up very early on when they were doing one of the mockumentary interview sections. And yeah, so that I don't know if this is nitpicky. Granted. It, I don't think it matters because we're Nick Picky anyway. Well, in this in this specific moment that I brought it up, it's not Nick Picky because he did it the whole time he was talking. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, you look a little bit like you have Parkinson's disease. Is this a documentary about wrestling or is it a documentary about Michael J. Fox? Like, wow, that's, that's dark. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, because you pointed out that in most documentaries that you know we've seen, popular ones, things like that, when somebody's on camera, they're generally very still subdued they're not bouncing around and moving around a lot um unless they're like kids or or what have you um because most people aren't used to being in front of a camera and they're a little bit more calm whereas here we have guys who are on camera and it's and it's this guy in particular and he's bouncing around bobbing his head and he's just like moving a lot while he's sitting there and it's at a certain point it's like okay it's because he's like full of energy and then it turns into I can't I can't pay attention to this guy because he just keeps moving and it's just kind of distracting. But I, I think he's the only one who's guilty of that, I think. Usually everybody else is pretty subdued. Yeah, I, but I think it's a symptom of a larger problem in that that's a choice, right? To do the whole head bobbing thing the whole time. Maybe. To make it seem like the character's a little bit more like 
It might have been a thing where he was given direction, being like, hey, you're this like super fan, you're working in wrestling, and you're really excited, full of enthusiasm, and we're about to interview about it. And he just made the choice of, okay, so I'm full of excitement, so I'm going to be moving a lot, right? Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. Because it's 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 it doesn't have anything to do with the character. It's just like, this is how I'm going to get the point across. It's like, no, the, the point is to get the point across. The point is to make sure that you play the character like Al, like Macho Payne. So at the end of the day, for me, it's one of those things where it's like the opposite side of that symptom is also in that some of these people just don't make any choices and they kind of just play themselves. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I guess. Granted, well, most of these actors, like almost none of these actors I've seen in anything else. So no, I yeah. don't know how much it is themselves and how much of it is um, character. Yeah, it's just like coming up with a little bit of character would even still help. Especially when some of them are turned up to 11. Yeah. Um, like Randy in particular for me is fairly flat because, yeah, I get it. He has the 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 unspoken motivations and all these things that he's he is the de facto leader of the group and all that. But other than that, he's just a guy with a buzz cut. It's like it's not really. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's the guy who is, you know, big fish in a small pond. I, I think they make a passing mention that. He was going to get an audition to go to the show, is what they call it, the, the big times. Right. You know, and he's, but he got like injured, so he couldn't make it. So it's one of those things where, oh, he's the big shot who missed his opportunity to to make something of himself. So he's just stuck here, which I thought you would, I thought you would like this. That, that is a Bull Durham um, reference right there. Come on now. Well, the, the aged veteran who missed his shot at the big league. Except here's, I think, where it's different. For Bull Durham, first of all, it's not just actively said. It's mm. assumed based on the way the character acts upon entering the story. For example, in the moment that we like the most, the player to be named later joke in that movie. Yeah. It's funny. You know, it's not just, it's not on the nose. There's subtext to it. Here, it's just kind of stated. Where in all reality, I think it would actually have been a pretty interesting plot point for there to be like, he has uh, an interview because the company's ending. So he's like, well, if I'm not going to be here anymore, I'm going to take this shot. And then he gets injured in like a training, you know, like one of the practice sessions by Justice. Who Then it kind of creates this roof between them because it's like, you know, did, was it that Justice didn't get in the audition? So he's trying to be like, well, he's trying to hurt me so that I don't go to the show. And then it, that adds to then their character conflict, which plays out in the actual matches, which pays off. Again, another way this could pay off. I feel like the more we add to this, the more we're like, I really wish this wasn't a 90-minute movie and was like a 10-episode like, like, like season of TV. I was thinking that a little bit ago because part of me was like, you know, if this had just a, a few episodes, there's a guy... I can't remember his name. He was famous on Vine for a little bit. Um, you, viewers may have seen the videos go around. He played like this old man character on Vine that was like, <laughs> I, I don't want to do an impression of the voice because I'm not going to do a good job. Uh, yeah, understandable. The old man character, he wore a yellow sweater and the, the Vine videos were about, he was like shopping with his grandkids or something. And the kids would, like, hit him and throw things at him, and he would, re like, react with curse words and all these things. Yeah. There was a character. And, like, that guy, when I looked deeper into him, he has a YouTube channel where 
he actually does a few see like YouTube little YouTube uh what what's the word movies like um something series is what people always call them online um that doesn't matter that doesn't matter roundabout roundabout point being while they're not great they're 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 interesting little pieces for a portfolio if he was to put one together because he technically made 10 season episodes or 10 episode seasons other way around made 10 seasons of tv that'd be a feat in itself impressive yes of like these just mockumentary series where one is just like he's a character where he's trying to teach a community college acting class and even though the show community is already a thing mm-hmm. it's still interesting because he comes with with characters and it's a comedy and you know it's all it, they explore each avenue of the characters which is what we want out of this yeah um Again, this movie feels like a really, really condensed season of like a TV show. And uh, yeah, which I guess honestly, I I wouldn't, I don't mind it. It's cool. It feels like there's a lot of stuff. This movie would have been awesome if this was like the TV movie of like a single season of of like TV. Yeah, public access TV. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like okay, don't get me wrong, the quality of it is not near anything but like if this was a office style you know tv show that was about this independent wrestling promotion in like middle of nowhere midwest and these were our cast of characters and we had to follow them around and they're doing shows and all the weird struggles and fun stuff going on i mean glow's a thing right now granted that's you know about a women's promotion it's based on a true story from like the 80s but I think I'd kind of be down with that. These characters are likable. You know, the wrestling's not bad by any, you know, real stretch of the imagination. They're actually competent wrestlers and the, you know, shows are good. If it was a thing where, oh, it's a little bit of drama and every episode you had like a five-ish minute wrestling sequence or ten-ish minute wrestling sequence, I I think I'd be okay with that, right? Yeah, I think it, it would work. Because, um, like, what, what I think of is... Like, Glow kind of works because the concept is a little higher um, in in that show where it's, like, about... When, it's about women's wrestling at a time when women's wrestling wasn't really there. Um, and then it also then is about, like... Their, their characters then coming There's a little bit more stuff. drama because they're trying to sell the show. Well, I, um, I'm, I'm not trying to compare one for one, but I'm, like, if this well, came yeah. out in... Like two thousand and eight, when the movie was was shot, like, do you, do you think this could have like an office style, like you know, one two season run on like NBC? Yeah, and wrestling wasn't as big then, but you know, this this seems like a movie that would have a cult following, right? Yeah, I think that's a little bit more what I would say is like, that's a little bit more what I would say. Like, it feels like. If this was to be released on YouTube, it could work. Yeah. Because what I'm, what I'm actually trying to do as we speak is I'm trying to go back and look at the views on this thing. Because if it's like millions of views, I'm like, okay, yeah, there's TV show potential there because you can convert that into an audience. Granted, all the this movie was made 13 years ago at least. Yeah, but like, you know, over, and I know over time those things can add up, but like at the, at the very least when I'm thinking... Is like even if you were if it, this thing has like three ish million views, yeah. Um, 
Okay, 84,000. That's where I'm like, YouTube thing, because 84,000 is still enough to where over, even though, again, over time, over four years, as this is saying, I could believe you can create 10,000 views every episode. Yeah, and the other thing is, this movie, when it came out, it had a big critical... It actually ran in festivals. It won, oh. like, festival awards. It was, like, voted Best Comedy. It, it has... A, well, that's it totally different. Audience <laughs> Choice Award. It had... It, it, it. I know it ran in, like, three different festivals, and it and it won something in each of them, at I'll least. Maybe it was probably in a lot more, and it didn't get anything. But in three of them, it actually won something. It was yeah, Best Comedy. Apparently, the festival bar is actually lower than I thought. And really? Because... Freak Out won awards. It, it it ran in two festivals. Though, again, the, the movie has a story behind it that kind of warrants that. Mm-hmm. This, I, so there's a, there's a thing I'll go back to is, as a comedy, it's okay, this movie. Yeah, this is definitely a comedy for a very particular audience. I don't think it's like rolling the floor funny, like, like your run-of-the-mill commercial comedy. I don't think it's not funny. It's just that there there are certain jokes that work, again because Al is hilarious, uh, and there are certain jokes like the there's this running kind of thing. I know it's actually really more about the storyline, but when Justice goes after like the French Indian Irish character in the bar all the time, yeah, it, and um... then it has that payoff at the end of the movie. But the whole time I was sitting there, it's like this kind of. I don't want to call it cringy, but it was just kind of like, I don't, it's not funny. It's like, I don't really get where this is going. Well, it's supposed to be a joke on the fact that um, there's always a guy in these indie promotions that has a horrible gimmick that will never get over, but the promoter for some reason will never change his gimmick. Yeah. Like that, I get it's more, more specifically that, that specific joke in the bar sequence. Cause it's like the the jokes you make aren't, aren't like, it's it's not that it's not funny because bullying. I don't give a shit. But it's it's more that it's like it's not funny because it's like it's just a stupid joke about him being trying to be like an Indian chief. Because yeah, it's also he's a French Canadian guy that they brought in, and the promoter gave him this gimmick of being an Indian chief, and it sounds as bad as I'm trying to make it. It's yeah. just it's super cringy. It makes no sense. No one in the in the movie, no one likes it. It doesn't get over. No one thinks it's entertaining. Yeah. And, and, then, and that's, that's little, kind of the joke. Yeah. And it makes sense. It's true. Plenty of people all the time become wrestlers. And you know, here's another thing that I thought could have been a good thing for them to go over. Talking about if you want to talk about cringy in wrestling, backyard wrestling, but it's not specifically like the good backyard wrestling that got oh, famous. Oh, good, good backyard wrestling exists. Well, you know, the one that ended up getting a video game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the backyard wrestling where it's like... Pretty bad. It's like... Really bad. Really bad. <laughs> like the ones where, like, there's people in the crowd, but then, like, the people that are wrestling should not be wrestling because they're not physically okay. prepared for that. So I've, I've seen a few of those on YouTube because to reiterate, I'm a garbage human being. <laughs> and um, I saw one and it was backyard MMA or whatever. Oh and it's God. this it's this skinny like white dude and he's fighting this um, other guy and he's... Okay, the skinny white dude, you can tell he had like three classes in like a jujitsu school 
and thought he was a badass. And he's going against this other guy, and he has to be like 230-pound black dude of solid muscle. And he, you would think, oh, man, like, oh, the white dude, he just goes out and does some kung fu shit. No, no, the, the black dude, like, did a textbook suplex on him and knocked the guy unconscious in, like, 10 seconds. Like, it is really, like, there's certain aspects of backyard sports that shouldn't exist. Backyard yeah. wrestling is not a good idea because you really get messed up doing it. And backyard MMA is also a bad thing. It's all bad. Yeah, and, like, I think that's that's one way they could have at least, because I think what gets me to round it back to my point is, like, the, the bad gimmick thing, because they're trying to also write the movie out for a layman, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if this really works because it's a little too simple. He's a little bit too acting. I I guess I get what you mean because it does feel like the movie is it's just not quite there, I guess. It I I don't know cuz it's it seems like it's playing as it is playing as low to the ground as it can. Like and by that I mean it's trying to play to the mainstream audience as much as possible while maintaining that this is funny because you're in the know kind of thing. Yeah. And some of it works, some of it doesn't. It's it's really weird. Okay. So I guess the, the overall thing about this movie is it's this mockumentary about this independent wrestling fraternity show federation. Things are going, they're kind of down the luck and it's an exploration of all of these weird casting characters that you find in them. But that's, and that's basically it, right? That That's the whole movie. I mean, it's, overall, it's funny. You can find it on YouTube. I would give it a recommendation. Yeah. Like, you, you would recommend this to somebody? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if, I'm, if I'm talking to another wrestling fan and they've never heard of this movie, I'd be like, check it out because it's, you know, it's, for a guy who's into wrestling, I was like, yeah, this is, this is fun. Yeah. It's not like The Wrestler. Like, it's not a Darren Aronofsky, like, no. art film that just has wrestling in and it. And you know, that's kind of funny that you say that, because The Wrestler really, I know I've mentioned it a couple times in our conversations before the episode. It's really one of my favorite movies. It's like, it's a really good script. Yes. First of all, I've read the script. It's, it's fantastic. Um, very close to what the movie is. And, um, yeah, that ending is still... Is good. Still gets you. Yeah. But, you know, Darren Aronofsky's, he's a big player. So, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, it's like for the regular people, I don't know if I would still recommend this because it's like, you know, I feel like if you're not into wrestling, you're not, you're not going to really get into it. I could, I could definitely, I could definitely see that where it's you really shouldn't watch this unless you're a wrestling fan but i think i think even if you're not a wrestling fan you can get some enjoyment out of it i think the characters are funny enough to get along and i don't know i think i think this is kind of where we hit our brick wall for the conversation yeah because aside from that like we said nitpicking this anymore is really then nitpicking on these guys just having fun which really at the end of the day it's like that's all this is. It's it's a movie about guys having fun with dudes, um, wrestling, and yeah, yeah. It's, you know, and and then the stories behind that, like Thacko, and um, give it a shot. Yeah, why not? 
Yeah. I think you'll I think you'll enjoy this. Yeah, uh, you know, and then come watch some backyard fail, wrestling fails like Dean and I are right now. I was trying to look up some examples so that like we could describe better what we're talking about to the audience. Um, but really, just what it looks like is like normal people hurting themselves because they're imitating TV. Yeah, you know the thing that you know wrestling has that says don't try this on TV. Backyard wrestling is all the hillbillies that uh, light themselves on to, fire. Apparently, decided Jesus. to try it on TV. Did he just pull that guy's arm off? Like, <laughs> so, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, David had to put on the wrestling fails videos, and it has ruined ruined his life. Well, yeah, it's just particularly that was that was bad. Like that guy was on like completely engulfed in flames to where he's he. Mu- so yeah. But ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> that was even better. It's fine. Okay. That that's gonna wrap us that's up here good. at the at the too obscure because we we need to watch some backyard wrestling fails because we're hashtag garbage human beings. But yeah, everybody, so hope you all have a have a great time out there in movie land. Um look up Kfabe. You can find it on YouTube. It's spelled K-A-Y-F-A-B-E. It's the movie. It'll look like it has Macho Man Randy Savage and the dude in the suit on it. That's the thumbnail. Other than that, David, anything else we want to plug before we head out? No. Um, by the time this episode comes out, we're in the new year, so that's exciting. Um, mm-hmm. For anybody looking out for things, go check out the best of and worst of that we've put out on the channel, and then um, we should have some new movies coming to you shortly, so keep an eye out for that, and because she was mentioned, we may as well again mention that Dean has Film Club Podcast. Go check them out if you want more movies to watch. Yes, we watch a lot of movies all over the place. Starship and Troopers recently? Yes, uh, that was the one we recorded most recently for our Guilty Pleasures Month. Um, yes, so our Guilty Pleasures Month so far is Romeo plus Juliet, Starship Troopers, and she got backed at me, so we're going to be watching Twilight next on the uh, episode. But you'll find all that out a little bit later certainly and then uh, other than that Dean I guess where, where can they find us and we'll take it on home well you can find us at our YouTube channel that's double feature underscore podcast oh sorry that's our Instagram our Instagram at double feature underscore podcast and our YouTube channel in the frame you can find us where, where all podcasts are given that's about all, all I got Everybody, just, just have a great time. Have a better 2021 than you had a 2020. Certainly. All and right. you, to you as well. To you as well. All right? Peace. See you.